Good morning, ANC. It's so good to see you guys. Jeff Bryant in the house today. Good to see you. You can't see his sneakers, but you really should. There might be the most amazing shoes in the place today. Um, I learned from Shakespeare to add levity in serious moments, and that was getting super serious, Mark, so somebody had to say something. I'm just saying. Well, good morning. It's good to be here today. Sam, I don't know how you do it. Uh, the string stuff, she's so... <laughs> she's so... Um, amazing at cutting to the chase and getting something said. And we are so grateful for your voice in this little house. Uh, I, I mean this as a compliment. We see differently because of what you bring, and I, that's probably the highest compliment you could pay anyone to see differently. So thank you for that. And thanks COVID, since we're thanking people today, for revealing how connected we actually are. You see, when you can have breakfast in New York and lunch in Madrid and dinner in Egypt— you need a global immune system to do that, right? And there's no such thing yet. Our evolution has outpaced our immunology, and so we're learning just how connected we actually are, aren't we? We've lost so much of what we cherish lately, and we've named that suffering here in this little house, but today, my thoughts are tracing along that string to the end, all the way to the end. And I think you know this intuitively, if we are suffering here in America, then the emerging world is fighting for its life. How are we actively caring for those that we're connected to now that we've been reminded that we're connected to all? How are we doing that? Well, we've been busy around here at ANC asking the hardest questions we can think of, and I see us becoming a better people, better humans, more aware and more engaged, but we can't be the only ones who benefit from this work, you see. Not if we're doing it right. If we're doing it right, everyone and everything we're connected to should benefit all the way down the line. I was talking uh, about this recently to a friend of mine, Clyde Howell, and we were talking about what it means to be a post-evangelical missionary. What does it look like to do post-colonial mission across different cultural lines. When it's done right, what does it look like? If the gospel is actually mutual empowerment, and we've been talking about this all summer, what does that look like cross-culturally then? If we pull all of the power dynamics away from the gospel that we were preached, what would it sound like? How far would we, how far could we, how far should we travel to embody such a gospel? Well, I think about this all the time. We all have one primary perspective. It's a default way of seeing the world, and there's no fault there, but our work is to make room for other ways, other perspectives. The fact is, many of us have never been taught to understand faith outside of power. They came packaged together in our majority white, Euro-Protestant, very prone to proselytize history. What else can I say? You know that is a fact. But now, it's occurring to us collectively that there are other ways of being in the world, Simpler ways, more loving ways. Paul calls this living by the law of Christ. And to the churches of the region of Galatia, he writes these words. Galatians 6, he writes, Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. Verse 8, If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit... You will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us now grow, not grow weary in doing what is right, Paul writes, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. And these words in verse 10. So then, 
whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those in the family of faith. And just to remind us uh, what that law of Christ actually is, Matthew records these words, and he puts them under the title, the greatest commandment, and they read as follows. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Someone of influence asked Jesus in public, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If I may, let me summarize that concept this way. There is no discernible love of God that does not automatically, eventually surface as love of neighbor. It isn't love if it doesn't flow through us to others. And by committing to love our neighbor in this way, we fulfill all that God expects. That's the summary Jesus offers. So, this question, how do we do this? How do we do it well as A and C? Well, if you're still hung up on the question of who your neighbor is, when asked that very same question, Jesus answered by telling a parable about an outsider who did the work of God because he rejected all tribal boundaries and he loved and cared anyway. You would know that as the Good Samaritan. And so if that's your question, I don't know, it's probably safe to assume that your neighbor is the one you were most taught to fear by your default cultural perspective. Maybe begin there. It's a pretty safe assumption, I would say. How do we live this way? How do we do good without doing harm? How do we engage a world that needs our help without needing to be the white saviors? Uh-oh, turn it off, Myrtle. He just said that. How do we do that? How do we release our resources to alleviate the suffering of others expecting nothing in return? How do we live like they are us and we are them, like their children are our children and ours are theirs? How do we accept this string that connects us? Well, there's dozens of ways to answer this question. But let me answer this for our little church community by telling you a story. If you were to reverse the clock back to 2008, how many say amen, let's do that? If you were to reverse the clock back to 2008 or so and zoom in on, nope, stop, take that word out, Trey, zoom, that word is horse crap now. <laughs> that word like Twitter needs to be pulled out of the lexicon, that's bad news. Anyway, if you were to reverse the clock and zoom in on what was going on in South Austin, you might notice two tiny little sparks that were born almost simultaneously. Austin New Church and Help One Now were born essentially twins, both innovative, both fresh. One became a nonprofit, and the other one tried really hard and almost did, but became a little church instead, and that's us. We didn't start as a Methodist church, and some of you might be confused by this, but we got here as quick as we could, I promise. Anyway, our twin sister, Help One Now has always been the primary way that we engage the emerging world as a congregation. Both organizations have grown considerably in the last 12 years, and in full disclosure, my wife, who's in the building today for the first time since, I don't know, March, it feels super, super fun to do church with your wife. My wife, in full disclosure, is now an employee of Help One Now, but she volunteered for years before she took that position with them, and they stole her missionary heart way back, I think in 2013, with their commitment to do everything through local leaders around the world. And many of you have been on trips with her somewhere to one of those locations. Well, here's what I know. God has greatly increased ANC's audience since we've all been doing church in our jammies. Many of you around the country and around the world have asked 
how you can get involved. And I want to talk to you directly right now if that's you. How do we do mission locally? How do we engage in our own areas? Well, that will take some explaining. But how we engage it globally is a relatively simple answer. We do it through Help One Now. We invest in organizations that empower local leaders who in turn empower families. You get the connection. Feels like a string, doesn't it? Why do we do it this way? Well, because mutual empowerment is post-colonial in the ways that harmonize with the way that Jesus was in the world. And let me just say it this way. As descendants of pale-skinned Europeans, we are notorious philanthropists as long as we can get the credit for fixing what needs fixing. It's one way that we've learned to reproduce the colonial DNA within us. But I say, let's become a different kind of American, shall we? That's supposed to sound like a political thing. It didn't, didn't go off very good. Never tell jokes to an empty building anyway. But here's the thing, guys. A commitment to becoming the people of Jesus is a commitment to mutual empowerment, mutual learning, mutual trust, mutual becoming gently, graciously, generously across cultures and across languages. We are all connected in this way. And I want as much as anything for us to be a generous people. You know this, I'm not that worried about our doctrine or our theology or our polity. I'm not nearly as worried about that as I am about the state of our generosity. Why? Because this will be our legacy. We aren't many and we aren't fancy, but we can do amazing actual things when we put our heads and hearts together. And I pray that today we would do that. May we be a people who take our responsibilities seriously. May we be as generous with our neighbor all the way down the line as you have been with us, God. May love and concern and charity for those who are suffering motivate us to live generously in times like these. May we be faithful. So it's a simple appeal today. And on the screen in a minute, you're gonna see a video that's been produced by Help One Now that establishes a concrete connection between what we need right now to do, what we need to be thinking about, and how empowering people all the way down the line is gonna make a difference. So watch this video, and then we're gonna have a different conversation as soon as we get back. Going back to school looks different for all of us this year. The effects of COVID-19 are being felt all around the world, but especially in developing communities that were already afflicted by extreme poverty. When children aren't in school, their parents can't leave the home to work and provide for their families. Vital daily meals provided through schools are missed by the children who can't attend. Without proper income, education, and nutrition, the hope for a brighter future fades. Right now, more than ever, we must join together and empower families all around the world so that those families can break the cycle of poverty, which has been strengthened by this COVID pandemic. And that empowerment has to begin with education. Without education, the cycle of poverty in developing communities will go unbroken now and for generations to come. But on Family Empowerment Day, we have an opportunity to change that reality by joining together to become part of something greater than ourselves, a collaborative community called The Circle. The Circle is a growing network of people committed to ending extreme poverty through monthly giving that empowers families through education. 
We've had a traditional child sponsorship program for the last decade, and it's done so much good in our communities. Yet, if I had to be honest, I, I understood that there was something lacking in our program. Not just caring for the kids, but actually going upstream and trying to figure out how we can support and care for the moms and dads who we know are the most important part of every kid's life. When you join the circle, you're helping empower a family by sending their kid to school so moms and dads can go to work. $25 a month will help change a child and a family around the world. Life has changed for many of us, but what has not changed is that generosity has not been canceled. This is the most important way that we can fight extreme poverty long-term, but it's also the most important way that we can serve our leaders and their community short-term in the midst of COVID. And we are so excited that you are helping us make it happen. Your support in Empowering Education Monthly will literally change the lives of students, families, and their community for generations. This Family Empowerment Day, we are asking you to help us empower 500 students with education. Join us by joining the circle. Together, we can impact generations. Right. Well, I'm here with uh, Lamar, as you know, and my wife, Allison, and um, we're just going to make this practical. We are in between a couple of series right now, and we decided that it would be a really good idea to focus on how we engage globally, because there's a special day coming up on Tuesday, right? It's actually, Help One Now calls it Family Empowerment Day, and it's the day that they push strong to empower as many people as they're able to, and so we as a congregation have agreed uh, that given the numbers of people that consider themselves part of this little work uh, and those around the world who are part of this, we've agreed that 50 students empowered felt somewhere between challenging and doable, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and so that's the sweet spot that we're gunning for. And so I really want us to take this seriously. Um, Allison and I were talking this morning about the money left on the table these days from money we're not spending in gas. Has anybody noticed that... Uh, <laughs> There's some discretionary funds laying around, and so let's just go after this, you guys. 50 students empowered, I think, is doable. There's hundreds of us who don't know how to engage and can do this simply. And so, Lamar, tell us a story. Tell us your role and tell us a story, and then uh, we'll get practical. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think most people at this point probably know that I work for Help One Now uh, and have been for nine years now. Um, but we, we sang earlier shine your light on us that we might live. Um, and I, did, I didn't even uh, process that song as it applies to this until I was sitting there listening. And so I'm going to share a story about, about a young man who kind of, who had light shined on him and then is now a light in his community. Uh, so as you saw in the video earlier, a lot of that footage was from a community in the Dominican Republic. Uh, it's a barrio called Maria Asiliadora. And it's one of the roughest, historically one of the roughest places in the entire country. And our partner there, uh, you, you heard from him, his name is Rod, uh, Rodrigo um, Davis. And he has been serving in that community for 25 years now, he and his family. And 
there's a young man named Idikel Kapayan, and actually you can go uh, to our Help One Now website, and if you look up our team, you'll, you'll find Idikel in there. And he grew up in this barrio, and there's not a lot of hope and opportunity um, at that time that was coming out of this place. But uh, our partners there had started a school, and Idikel was able to get an education through this school primary school, all the way up through secondary school. He did really well. Uh, and the beautiful thing is it's a, it's a gospel-centered education, right? So he's getting knowledge, but he's also kind of getting a, a holistic approach and, and spiritual mm -hmm. development. And he did really well and was able to go on and get post-secondary education. Um, now he's in his mid-20s, um, super promising guy. But we actually brought him on to our team mm -hmm. last year to oversee our family empowerment business launch program in this community. So uh, this is where families are starting micro businesses and, and beginning to uh, be able to sustain themselves, send their own kids to school, not need any help from the outside. So he's currently managing that and overseeing 16 families going through that as we begin it there. A year from now, we'll probably have up to 100 families going through that program per year. And Edikel is overseeing all of that. So, you know... Christ shines this light on us, and as we receive that, our call is to, is to reflect that light, right? Mm. And that's what Rod and his team and the people at the school did for Edikel, and as Edikel received that light, he's now reflecting that to his whole community, and there's this beautiful mm. um, cycle that's happening, and it's, it's breaking the cycle of extreme poverty in that community, so... I wanted to share that story because education is such an important part of that. And when we can educate children, what we begin to see is, it's a long process, but what we begin to see is answers for the community coming from within the community. Yeah. So like Jason alluded to, mm -hmm. we can't have a colonial approach to uh, poverty alleviation. Yeah. There are issues within communities that from the outside we can never solve because we can't see them correctly. But when we can educate people, mm. give them the tools that they need, mm. they can begin to solve those problems with, from within. And, mm. it, and the change is lasting, it's sustainable, mm. and much more effective. So we currently have, um, well, just an I wanted to give a few data points as an example. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> there are 420 million people in the world that would be lifted out of extreme poverty if they had a secondary education. Um, we've, we've found through our research that one of the most effective ways we can change a community is to invest, invest in preschool education, getting three, four, and five-year-olds in school early. Um, so through our partnerships, we have multiple preschools, primary schools, secondary schools, and it's growing all the time. We have 4,000 students getting an ed education, 170 teachers getting a good salary, um, there's a meal program that's part of this. Every year right now, uh, 800,000 meals are served in our school partnerships. Wow. So, um, and, and what we've kind of figured out over time is we have been, as, as our education programs have grown, we've been doing live events to raise money. We've been talking to large donors and raising big chunks of money at a time. But what this year of COVID has taught us is that the best thing we can do is get small recurring donations from lots of people 
to cover the education of these students because that will last into the future. As mm -hmm. I said, this is a long-term work, so yep. we need a long-term sustainable way to fund it. And so $25 a month, which comes with $300 over the course of a year, completely covers the education of one student. Mm. That's they're helping to pay their teacher, that's giving them a meal every day at school, giving them things that they need. Um, so we're gonna, we're, we just wanna invite you guys to be part of that. So I'm gonna hand it over to Allison because I think I'm already taking some of her uh, details, but um, I just wanna emphasize how important education is for the developing world. Mm. And, and you, can, you can be a part of it. You know, what, what that string allegory taught us is that sometimes we can have so much string and so many things and layers of comfort around us <coughs> that we don't realize we're all, we, what did you say, you, we can live like there's no strings attached. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. sadly, that's a dangerous place to be. Mm. So I'll hand it over to you, Allison. Hey, I get to do the practical pieces here. So I want to <laughs> challenge us to think about EDCAL. Think about how we can empower kids like Edie Kell. Um, Jason and I came up with the thought that 50 students, empowering yeah. 50 students, I think it's doable. I think it's totally doable for our community and our congregation and those of you watching. I think it's doable today. I think it's doable think it's right doable today. now, today. Um, you should see right now on your screen a QR code. If you pick up your phone and you hold, you go to your camera, hold it to your screen, and it will pop up the link to go on today. We've made it a little bit extra fun and challenging for Jason. So are you ready? Um, we thought it would be fun to challenge one of our church partners in North Carolina. Help One Now's main office is in Raleigh. So Church on Morgan is in Raleigh, and we have challenged them to 50 students. And whichever church gets the most amount of students empowered, the pastor will have to dress in a tacky outfit for their next live stream. So can you imagine Jason preaching without his hat on? But I think that's about to happen. So come on, partner can with I, us can today. I, can I just take the hat off now? Is that, is that past? <laughs> no, nope, like, oh, you have pass. hair. Some people are surprised to actually have hair. I don't wear a hat to cover the fact that I'm bald. That, oh my God, y'all. I'd rather be on fire than be poorly dressed in public. And so this is uniquely... Shall I say, this is a unique kind of suffering. It doesn't compare. Uh, but we thought it would be a super fun way. I was driving on the road in my pickup truck and came up with the idea, and then Lamar added that detail to it. So tell us about yeah, Church was, on Morgan. It was Lamar's idea to challenge Church on Morgan. So Church on Morgan is a, a fellow Methodist church right down the street from Help One Now's headquarters where a lot of our staff attends and calls home. But a lot of our staff and attends uh, ANC, too, and calls right. ANC home. So we feel like we can um, beat Church on Morgan by seeing 50 students empowered. So let's start today. Go on your screen. You'll see the QR code. If you can't figure out how to use that, it's also in the link. The link is in the comment section. Um, and then on Tuesday is when we as an org are going to be pushing this out on our social media. So if you can follow Help One Now. Um, today on all of on Facebook and Instagram and then on Tuesday share all of the posts so that we can get your friends and family involved and maybe we can empower um, our goal as an org is to see 500 students empowered that day um, so help us with that join us thank you sounds good so if you're going to need some help from your kids uh, to know how to share things <laughs> on social media it's okay because they're home zooming school anyway there so Tuesday's going to be a big day we're going to Wrap the day, hopefully, with a celebration at our place in Buda. Um, it's, this is good stuff. Uh, so, so as a pastor, um, people, people 
learn to trust and follow a message that over time they grow comfortable with. And so it's a delicate pass off here, right? And so I'm specifically asking those of you who are out of town who have asked us, they ask Trey and I all the time, hey, we want to be partners. We live in, I don't know, Hawaii or Australia or Iowa. Of course the Brunings live in Iowa. Why do the Brunings always come up on this? Anyway, if you live somewhere in somewhere else other than Austin and you've asked us, what do we do? We want to be part of this. Our heart resonates. Our simple answer to you in the short term is be part of what we're doing globally. Listen, don't reinvent the wheel. Join national leadership behind supplying the, the, the answers to the needs they know exist. Let's stop being the sort of world travelers who go around and think we can diagnose the issues and then offer the answers. That's so American, it's so colonial, and it's so unbecoming. There are leaders everywhere doing better work than we can conceive of. It's not that hard to say, we want to get behind you. Now, here's the caveat. They don't look like us. They don't act like us. Sometimes they don't believe exactly what we believe. But here's the thing, guys. We are strung together. And we can't from a distance say what you really ought to do is put this kind of roof on that building when there are roofers in that town that can't feed their families. I'm about to get excited because we're former missionaries. And we f- I fell out of love with with conventional missions until we came side-doored into an awareness of Help One Now. She fell in love with it first, and then slowly I've, I've come to see the wisdom behind you show up in organic ways and in discreet ways and very non-American ways. You show up and you support what God is already doing. There are no places that we need to go to take the witness of God, y'all. There are places we can go and bear additional witness to what God is already doing. That's the difference. Clyde and I talked about that at radio. So, so it's real simple. Uh, it's all on your screen. Uh, we'll be back somewhere on social media on Tuesday. Uh, get involved, ANC. Let's be generous. Let's be known uh, to be a people who ask good questions but, but stay consistently generous even through pandemic times. Yeah. Follow us on Tuesday on Instagram because you will see Jason challenging uh, Justin Morgan from Church on Morgan. So you don't want to miss Instagram on Tuesday. Is that like a social media thing? Social Instagram. media. Yeah, <laughs> social media. All right. Let me pray. Lord, we give you thanks. We pray that you would examine the contents of our heart and find us faithful today. Lord, not for our well-being or for our good feelings or for our sense of satisfaction, but for the well-being of those who are most fragile in tough times move through us in their direction, God. You hear their prayers. You see their need. And we've got some extra string we could pass along in the wind. And so, Lord, use us today. Use us as a family around the globe who gathers in this tiny little space to be notoriously generous. In your name we pray. Amen.